Hello. You are about to travel through the sixth dimension. In its fullness exists cinema entertainment that creates many forms, all while maintaining the same purpose, to tell and explore magnificent stories of the burden of existence. This is a dimension of imagination. Your hosts, Adam and Bailey, will do their best to guide you through vast perspectives in cinema that create new dimensions for all to admire. Welcome to AB Cinema. Welcome, everyone. It is Tuesday, April 19th. Uh, I finished my job, my internship yesterday, so that was something that was noteworthy, but uh, even more noteworthy, <laughs> to, not to downplay my my work experience, but Better Call Saul came out last night, and uh, it was a two-episode back-to-backer. It was fantastic. I do wish they carried a little more, more of the story of Saul and Kim Wexler. But, I mean, my wife, who's still trying to catch up, watched it with me, and she was on the edge of her seat, and so it was some good TV. Uh, are you are you catching up on Better Call Saul, Bailey? Or do you plan on watching that one? I <laughs> I don't know. I something's wrong with me. I keep falling asleep in every single thing I watch now. Um, yeah, I watched Atlanta the other day, and I started to fall asleep in that. Um, Halo, I, I think Halo, it's just because it's bad. Um, yeah. <laughs> but like, I'm, I'm having a hard time staying awake through things. I don't know if I'm just getting old or if it's parenthood. It really <laughs> but, is. It really is understandable. Don't be too hard on yourself. Well, but I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the stuff I am awake for. Also, the, we have two movies premiering this weekend. We have one, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent which is the Nicolas Cage, Nicolas Cage Fest, uh, with Pedro Pascal, who in clips that I've seen seems like a super great movie star. And I'm just so excited to see him alongside Nicolas Cage in this. And we also have The Northman, which is the Robert Eggers-directed Viking epic. Bailey, which one do you plan on watching this week? I feel like I'm going to miss out on a lot of the gags and the unbearable weight of massive talent because I know it's kind of like an homage to all of Nicolas Cage's work. But I'm also, I also kind of want to see it from that perspective um, just to see it like, because I haven't seen every single Nicolas Cage movie that's come out. And yeah. I, I think that seeing this without getting some of the jokes might. I, I think that seeing it just from a, an, a, an average viewer's perspective um, would give, I, I feel like I could give a lot of insight onto whether or not you have to see everything. So I'm leaning more towards that one just because I like Nicolas Cage and I like Pedro Pascal. But I'm also, I'm still trying to debate whether or not I should go see Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've seen clips of that post credit teaser, man. That's and that the almost only thing, gears me yeah. to, go get, to go see Sonic 2. That, that's, that credit scene is what is making me want to see Sonic 3. But I'm also willing to wait until it's on Paramount Plus in a month and see it then. Did you play Sonic growing up? No, no, I didn't. I wanted to so bad, but we didn't have a system for it. Yeah, I remember playing the Sonic Adventure games, and those are the ones that, you know, the post credit scene really seems to speak out to. And as for me, I'll probably just go see the Northman. I have a busy weekend. We'll be gone. Um, we'll be visiting family this weekend. But before I do that, 
I gotta avenge father, you know. <laughs> I gotta avenge Ethan Hawke. So me, and, me, and my wife, and uh, Alexander Skarsgård are gonna go beat up some some North some Viking Northmen. So that's exciting for me. Speaking of Vikings, <laughs> yes. Speaking of Vikings, the Thor Love and Thunder trailer came out today, and it wasn't like a full blown trailer. I think I didn't read that it said teaser, but it was long enough to be you know a trailer. I felt. And then I watched it, and it very much was a teaser trailer because, you know, you see snippets of things here and there, and there's not really a whole explanation of the plot, but maybe what will just be its central theme, which is, you know, finding yourself. But, Bailey, this dropped this morning. I've watched it two times now. I'm sure you've watched it countless many Honestly, more times. Honestly, I've only watched it like two or three times, I, which is rare for me. <laughs> I thought it was funny, um, especially the banter between – well, it was that one scene with uh with Star Lord and the Guardians. Yeah, and he's like, when you don't know or when you don't know where you're going, look in the to the eyes of those you love. And I just love seeing Thor's head peep out in front of him. <laughs> um but I I thought this was a good teaser. It wasn't like if you were to say if they were to release it and say that it was the trailer for the movie and not a teaser, I would have been like, Well, this was disappointing. And, um, yeah. I mean, it did what a teaser is supposed to do, not give you really anything about the plot. Um, it at least gave us the central theme of what this movie is going to be aiming for, which honestly I think would have had more of an impact. Cause like I, I got like, I didn't get emotional, but like Thor's journey has meant so much to me, um, from infinite, not from Ragnarok to Endgame, and what he's gone through with, his depression and weight gain and um, having lost all of his people. And it's, it's, it's an emotional storyline. And so I'm very excited to see him deal with the grief. I feel like that's been a major focus of phase four is dealing with grief. Like with yeah. um, Iron Man. And especially with WandaVision. Yeah. WandaVision, Spider-Man two, um, Spider-Man three, um, not the Tobey Maguire ones, uh, the, the MCU Spider-Man two <laughs> and three, the the home yeah, ones, yeah. and um, there's there's just been a lot of touch of of grief, and I feel like Thor is gonna have his moment of grief in this, even though he already had it in Endgame when he saw his mom. Um, I think that this will will be a lot more emotional. Yeah, I feel like you're right. You hit it on the you hit it on the head. Maybe he will deal with some grief. I think one of the shots in the trailer is if you haven't seen it, go watch it. But I'm pretty sure he's with he's at Loki's grave. Really? It looks like you know. Yeah, it looks like there's some like some fresh dirt. My wife Britton was the one who pointed it out to me. Actually, she said, "Is that Loki's grave?" And I thought, "You're right. That Where probably the tree is. is at the very beginning." Yeah. So there's also I I was gonna bring this up because I was gonna talk about some of the Easter eggs that I've been reading about. Yeah, yeah. Go, let's. I was gonna say, let's break this down a yeah. little bit. So I didn't think about that being Loki's grave, but that would be really interesting. Um, then I also saw that it's possible that it's Valhalla, which means really? that Thor would be dead. I don't know. That would be really interesting storyline, um, and that would actually make sense since it's looking like Jane Foster is going to be taking over the role of Thor. And that's who that was, uh, if our audience or our listeners <laughs> didn't realize that. Natalie Portman at the end of this trailer is definitely playing Lady Thor. No she question is. about it. She is. She's the mighty Thor. And um, we got to look at um, 
Meek, who was wearing a dress. I didn't see that. Yeah, it, well, Meek was, just so you know, in the comics, Meek can reproduce. Um, and so he he or she, I don't even know what it is. We'll just go with they for now. Yeah, um, that's, that's appropriate. They are, they're, uh, they're in a suit uh, of like a, I don't know, a business suit right next to King Valkyrie. Um, okay. When she's sitting in that that meeting on the earth or whatever it is. Which is the new Asgard. Yeah. And then we saw the flying goats, uh, which was pretty cool on and that ship, um, which they do. They are in the comics. And a fun fact, uh, they so I didn't see who said this, but uh, somebody recently came out and said that it was nice to see that because they tried to get those in the first Thor movie. And uh, Kevin Feige and the company were just like, you're crazy. Like, why would you do that in the first Thor movie? And here we are. Here we are. I really feel like this the feel of this trailer as well is very much just like we're just going to do whatever we want because what Thor's wearing is very much like Rockstar. Some of the presentation, even uh Korg has got a get up. Korg is dressed to the nine. So, I mean, I don't know what's going on in this trailer. We got our first peek at uh Russell Crowe as Zeus. Yeah. I was about to say that and he looks he looks awesome. <laughs> like it looks so <laughs> cheesy. Like I'm so excited to see Mountain Olympus in this. Um, and also another thing, uh, if you didn't notice when uh, Thor was getting his workout on, his hat said "Strongest Avenger." <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did not notice that. He's trying to. He's definitely trying to prove that name now. Yeah, trying to take down Hulk. But yeah, getting um, getting some CrossFit in. Yeah, I the reason I'm very excited for this is because like I think Taika Waititi has really found a good balance between emotion and comedy. Um, yeah, and he started to showcase that a little bit in Thor Ragnarok, but Jojo Rabbit, if anybody hasn't absolutely. seen that movie, it is gut wrenching and absolutely hilarious at the same time. Yeah, it's gonna be really good. I'm excited for this. Same. And it says it comes out in July, so we don't have to worry about that unless, you know, there is a, you know, in the future, some sort of possible setback and they have to push back the release date. Well, uh, that's an interesting thing because they are reshooting a lot of scenes with Christian Bale right now. Yeah, we didn't get any peek at him as Gore the God Butcher. Which that is the central storyline, which is why we're going to Mount Olympus. And he's on this vengeance He's going to avenge his family or something. I don't know. Maybe it's the sequel to The Northman. But yeah, it's just really exciting. It's I'm excited to see where this goes in two and a half months. I agree. So yeah, go check out the new Thor trailer. Dropped yesterday. Looks so much fun. Uh, I sent it to my wife especially because that Guns N' Roses song started playing. She's a big you know, classic rock fan, so that was fun. Just love the whole vibe. But uh, moving on our next topic, in a somewhat quizzical this is serious this is not a joke jason momoa was cast to star in warner brothers minecraft movie and i don't know where to start with this or even what to say about it other than that that's just it's just fact baby what are your thoughts here i don't like minecraft (laughs) (laughs) i've never played minecraft in my life that was just i'm more of a real life legos kind of if that's what it's compared to for the people that have told me is that Minecraft is a lot like Legos. So Universal Studios owns the rights to the Lego movies now. And so um, 
I think this is Warner Brothers' answer of like, we messed up with the Lego movie, so we're going to try it with Minecraft now. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know. There's no, it, it, like, it baffles me that they choose these products to make movies out of, especially because these products have no existing plot or storyline. They just exist like as they are. Barbie. Yeah, Minecraft, it's like if someone. Lego. <laughs> It's, it's like if someone wanted to make a movie out of the farming simulator game. You know, it's just. <laughs> I forgot about Don't this. tell me you have a piece of news about the farming simulator. No, I don't. But I do have one about Play-Doh. They're making a Play-Doh movie, and I believe it's from the creator of the Crazy Rich Asians movie. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I just. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to say. It is anything they can do, I guess. Hollywood is like, well, we're not creative anymore. Let's go to what kids' toys were really fun. Next thing you know, we're going to get a Gumby movie. There's a lot. I mean, they made a Battleship movie. They made a they made a lot of things. That was absolutely horrible. <laughs> so, so we'll see. So That was Rihanna's breakout role, wasn't it? Yeah. I think that was her last role, too. I could yeah, be wrong. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> but Jason Momoa was cast as my, in the Minecraft movie. Uh, we have some news about Top Gun Maverick. They released a behind-the-scenes featurette. Bailey, you got a chance to look at this. What is what is what are some things that stuck out to you about it? Um, this was that was really intense. Like all the stuff that they put these actors through. They so every single one of them had to get trained leading up to a fighter or a fighter plane, and so they got like they got their training done for the first level of plane, and then they got. It's, it's like a video game, I guess. <laughs> they went through a real-life video game getting trained through these different airplanes so that they could get ready to um, to fly these fighter fighter jets. And they not only did they have to learn how to fly fighter jets, they also had to learn how to operate a camera and get a good angle while flying fighter jets. And I, I don't know how many years this movie has been in production for, but these actors have every Tom Cruise has made it so that every actor in this movie is a version of Tom Cruise in real life. Now, you know, it kind of reminds me of, I was, I read an article recently where Steven Spielberg for saving private Ryan put all of his cast into army boot camp, And at some point, a lot of them were complaining saying, you know, we're, we're actors. We don't really need to do this ball, this, that, and Tom Hanks was, you know, said, I'll talk to Steven. And he went to Steven Spielberg and said, Steven, the actors feel like we shouldn't have to do this. You know, we're, we're good at what we do. We don't really have to go through boot camp. Like, that's just not what we're thinking. And Steven Spielberg said, well, I'll let you decide. And so Tom, Crew, Tom Hanks went back to his cast and said, I feel like in, honor to really, in order to really honor the people that served before us, this is, you know, something that we can do. And so they stuck it out, and then not only did they stick it out, but then Tom Hanks became the leader in the movie. It's just, you know, it's just one of those stories. You know, Tom Cruise is really pulling that right now in this movie, except instead of leading people to understand what it's like to be in the Army, he's leading people to fly and risk their lives. And which to is be what a he cameraman. Does. Yeah, and to be a cameraman. But um, I also hear that they recorded enough footage for this movie for the entire three Lord of the Rings franchise. So that means that we're going to be getting Top Gun 3 and 4. Yeah, they'll just recycle just some kidding. of the footage. This is not this is not confirmation of a new Top Gun. <laughs> so yeah, no confirmation on Top Gun 4. But um, yeah, that comes out. When does that come out, Bailey? 
That's a great question. I think it comes out in a month. It comes out on May 27th. So yeah, the end of next month. So you have that to look forward to if you're a fan of Top Gun. Or like me, if you're a fan of Tom Cruise risking his life for the sake of art. And our last bit of news, which will segue into you know a little bit of a review today. Fantastic Beast this weekend opened to a franchise low $43 million. To put that into perspective, the first film made an okay $74.4 million. The second film debuted to $62.2 million. And the Fantastic Beasts, the what the Secrets of Dumbledore, debuted to a franchise low of 43. So they've had diminishing returns. This is the lowest opening the franchise has had. But among the people who went to the premiere was our own Bailey Pass. Yep. And yeah, Bailey, what did you, how full was your theater when you went and saw this? Um, I saw this while I was in Utah. It was probably about half full. Okay. Maybe, maybe a third. I don't know. Um, but I will say this, like, it makes me sad to see this one get the lowest out of all of them. And it makes sense because the Fantastic Beasts, Fantastic Beasts franchise has not been as big of a hit as the Harry Potter movies. And I think it's mm-hmm. because the first movie didn't really have a plot or a direction until the very mm-hmm. last scene. And I, I, and just to put this into perspective, this is just domestic weekend um box office which typically brings in the most but the international box office is a lot higher for this movie um yeah the 43 million was one third of what it made over the weekend so it 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 didn't satisfy warner brothers needs and it didn't break even um for that and uh just I'll, i'll just give you guys my review right now um starting off with the roles um, the standouts of this this movie were Mads Mikkelsen as Geller Grindelwald, Jude Law as Dumbledore. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen actually replaced Johnny Depp, and Johnny Depp technically kind of replaced uh, Colin Farrell in a way. And then Dan Fogler as Jacob Kowalski, and then Jessica Williams as Eulalie Hicks. Eulalia Hicks, or she she's called Lolly in the movie, um, but. These um, these performances were the best ones. Uh, for those that have followed the Fantastic Beasts franchise, Jacob Kowalski's character has a relationship with a, uh, a witch named Queenie, and he's a muggle, and so it adds some unique tension for the plot. And I, I like that they've included his character when he didn't really necessarily have to be included. He was central to the first Fantastic Beasts movies, movie. Um, but in this movie, he had a, they, they've always brought him back and given him a reason to be back, but this was a lot better of a reason. You know, you say Jude Law and Mads Mikkelsen's, and I feel like they're not bad in anything they do. They're not. I feel like they have their, they have their performances on lock. Yeah, they do. And they, um, for those that are not familiar with the. Um, with the character of Dumbledore, the characters of Dumbledore and Gellert Grindelwald, um, J.K. Rowling has come out and said that they were in a relationship when they were younger, and they absolutely confirm that in this series or in this new movie. And I have to say, they have the two of the best scenes um, together, one in the very beginning and one towards the very end, and Dumbledore is we find out a lot of secrets about Dumbledore 
not really. It's just the the whole plot like centers around Dumbledore and his secrets of it's it's secrecy. <laughs> it's hard to say without <laughs> spoiling it um, because they're trying to thwart Grindelwald's plan. And so Dumbledore's the only one that knows everything that's going to happen, but everybody else is kind of left in the dark. And so that's kind of where the the title comes into play. Um, and then uh, Lolly Hicks, she's just really good in this movie. She's she's teamed up with Jacob Kowalski for it, a big portion of this movie. And there's just such good chemistry between the two. Um, I, I really enjoyed that one. Their, their, their storylines. Did you ever watch Hannibal with Mads Mikkelsen? I started to watch the first episode and I think I fell asleep in it, <laughs> but I want to. I feel like if, if what you're saying is true and especially with the relationship of him and Dumbledore, I feel like Hannibal is a good reference point for what Mads Mikkelsen could be doing here because, you know, I think in in um, Hannibal, it's much more understated or insinuated rather than like directly confirmed or, or, you know, but it's like, but it's definitely tangible if that makes sense. Yeah. But as far as where this movie falls in the trilogy, I think this was the best one out of all three of them. And uh, you, you remember seeing Frozen 2 when Olaf uh, gives the whole rundown on the first Frozen movie? Yeah. So there's a scene like that in this movie between Lolly Hicks and Jacob Kowalski. And so for those that do not want to bore themselves with the first two Fantastic Beasts movies, uh, you can go see this movie and not be as confused. So um, there is some benefit to not seeing the two and going to see this one still. And... I'll, I'll head on this a little bit later, but it feels more like a Harry Potter film than a Fantastic Beast movie, which may not be good for the Fantastic Beast franchise as a whole because it's not sticking with the tone that it's set. But it it's satisfying for those that are wanting a Harry Potter itch scratched. Um, the, the real question, though, is like, are we going to get another one? And... I, I don't know. Have, have you read anything about this, Adam? No, I just keep. I just know that the biggest indicators and in signposts are its franchise low opening, and even this one. You know, not that it's like the the end all be all of movies, but even this one is still rotten at forty eight percent, and the first one was at like was certified fresh at seventy eight percent, I believe, and the second one is like at twenty five or something. And there, I don't know why that movie got such a high score because it didn't really have a plot. You didn't know you were watching a whodunit until the very end. And it, it just it lacked a lot of cohesive storytelling. But then the second movie, like it, it messes everything up because it's like, let's bring in the Lestrange family and try to make everybody think that this is where this franchise is going. But it's not actually going to go anywhere. I was just say I have a friend who's like super into the Harry Potter films. He knows all the books, knows all the movies. If you gave him a heads up Harry Potter test, he could probably tell you what everything is, even if nobody else in the room gets it. And he just he also he just hasn't been a super fan of the 
of the Fantastic Beasts films. So maybe I'll turn him on to this one and let him know, hey, maybe this one's worth checking out. Yeah. I I haven't read the books. Um, I've read a couple of them out of order, so shame on me on that. But You didn't read the books? No, I didn't. Bailey, color me surprised. I thought for sure you would have read the books. I've read the books. No, I'm I like reading sometimes, but like I tried reading the Fantastic Beasts, uh, not Fantastic Beasts, the Harry Potter books, and I just had a hard time getting into them. Gotcha. I did read the last one though. <laughs> I I thought that this one was more in line to what Harry Potter feels like, but it's not like the greatest Harry Potter movie. It's better than the worst Harry Potter movies. That's what I was going to ask you. I really almost was about to ask you, where would you rank it above any of the Harry Potter movies? So I'm glad. I'm glad that we got that. We don't have to do that ranking now. That's another pod. Yeah, that's yeah. we could do that. <laughs> but I just want to say we're probably not going to get a sequel to this one. It did close a lot of storylines, but it left the biggest storyline open. Um, so uh, it, the most important storyline is still out there. I could see J.K. Rowling going and just writing a book to finish it or for them to get a short movie on on HBO Max to close it off. And I'd be okay with that. I, I don't see it doing well at theaters if it were to be released uh, a fourth one. But the question like you asked is, should you see it in theaters streaming or buy it? And I think that that audience members would enjoy this more in the movies than they would watching it at home um and the reason is because it feels more like the harry potter movies there's even some hints of the scores from from the original harry potter movies it's it's an emotional movie it's a powerful movie um i i could see some pushback from audience members who um who might be offended from the political storyline of it uh, but it, it does create for a really interesting story, and Fantastic Beasts did a really good job at that. And I, I think that people should see it in theaters just for that reason, that it feels more like a Harry Potter movie. Yeah, well, do you have anything? Do you have any final thoughts on this movie review here, Bailey? No. Um, please go check it out, because I want to see more Fantastic Beasts. And if we don't get another one, I'll, I'll quit. That is a that is a dramatic overstep. <laughs> no, I, I won't quit. I'll still give my opinions on stuff. I'll just be a little bitter about this for a while if we don't get another one. So and here's my question. If people aren't super into Harry Potter, do you think they should still go see this movie? No. Um, no. This movie, like, it's for the fans. If you gotcha. if you don't like Harry Potter, which I know very few people that don't like Harry Potter. Um but like, if you don't like Harry Potter, this will be a little, this might be a little lost on you. If I will say this, if they like political dramas, this movie would fit in line with that, but they might not understand the mystical elements that the fantastic elements that come from this, these two franchises. Well, that is Bailey's glowing review of Fantastic Beasts and the Crimes and the Secrets of Dumbledore. Be sure to check that out. It is, um, it came out last weekend and it's available to go see in a movie theater near you. Before we end, we want to talk about things that are coming out this week. As we mentioned at the top of the show, The Northman and The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent both come out this week. So it'll be interesting to, to see the box office battle this week. Uh, Disney Plus, Bailey. What's coming out again? What are we all watching? We're all watching Moon Knight, and this next episode is said to be a doozy, so I'm very <laughs> excited to see what happens with this one. 
Yeah. So Moonlight on, Moon Knight on Disney Plus on on FX and Hulu the next day we have Atlanta. So if you're keeping up with that on HBO Max, two things came out yesterday. The Batman dropped. So if you've yet to see the Batman in theaters, which again I would still recommend, it's phenomenal. But if the theaters are a little bit of a harder option for you, you can catch this now on HBO Max streaming for free. Uh, with a subscription, of course. And if you were to subscribe to it, it's worth the same as going to the movie theater. Yeah, it's and this movie is great. I would like I would recommend this movie to anyone. And then Barry, the Bill Hader show about a hitman turned actor, premieres on Sunday. And this is this is one of my favorite shows on TV. If you haven't had the chance to see Barry, start streaming it. Both seasons are available on HBO Max now. I, I love Bill Hader, and I love this show. That's all that I got to say about it. And then on Paramount Plus, we have the show that we're still watching, um, that we're not actually watching, uh, called Halo. Oh, you're supposed to keep talking. This is awkward. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I just, I, I was mesmerized. I was giving you... I was giving you a motion behind your behind your your discourse. Okay, take two. Go. Okay, no, no, no. It's too late. Just <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll move on because they didn't even include the original theme into this movie or into these shows. So, yeah, thank so you. So, Halo Paramount. on Paramount Plus, <laughs> and uh, like you know, we also mentioned at the top of the show. If you miss the premiere of Better Call Saul, you can get a free trial for AMC Plus. Rewatch those episodes. Maybe catch up to on Better Call Saul on Netflix. And the new episode comes out next Monday. And if anyone out there is watching Better Call Saul, let me know. Because I need to talk about it with someone. It is so good. And I, I probably won't be watching it. So somebody please talk to Adam because somebody, I don't know what he's talking about. Somebody please step up. <laughs> he keeps talking and sending like, me texts about this show. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're saying. So sorry, buddy. Uh, it's just, it's so good. But yeah, so... Those are all the things that are coming out, and that's all the news that we have for you today. As always, you can follow us in our social medias. Our Instagram is abcinema.pod. On Letterboxd, we are abcinema. Our Twitter is at abcinemapodcast, and you can reach us at email through abcinema.pod at gmail.com. Give us your thoughts, your ideas. Give us some feedback. Let us know how we're doing. We'd love to hear any theories and um, opinions on shows that you have. Any questions, maybe. We'd love to be able to just talk you know, with our listeners. If you would also like and subscribe to our podcast, give us a rating. Let us know how we're doing there. We would truly appreciate that. We hope everybody has a great day. And as always, keep watching movies. <laughs>